welcome to the Academy of General Dentistry podcast series featuring Dr. George Schmidt. Each episode features experts in the field of dentistry who share insights and inspiration to help you succeed. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back. We're excited to have you with us today. We've got a very special guest, Kevin Henry. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. So glad you could come and join us on the program today. So I just want to tell a little bit of the of uh, your background to the folks here. Um, with more than 20 years in the dental publishing industry, Kevin Henry is the former group editorial director for Dental Products Report, managing editor for Dental Economics, and editor-in-chief for drbicuspid.com. He has spoken to dental assistants throughout the world in person and through the Dental Assistant Nation podcast series, reminding them of the very important role they play in, day, in daily practice. He's also a certified as a DISC trainer, helping dental practices learn how to understand each other better through personality assessments and training. And he's also a member of the Baseball Writers Association, a big Colorado Rockies fan, and uh, and he writes for the team. He's actually coming to us right now live from the ballpark. I, you know, I, I wish I could show you what I'm looking at. Clayton Kershaw is out doing his stretching right now uh, after uh, pitching five and a third no-hit innings last night against uh, these Rockies. So uh, it's a beautiful day here in Denver. I'm very blessed. Wow, that's really good stuff. So you know what? Share with us how you either came from the baseball space or went to the baseball space. How did that all come about? You know, it's it's a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing for sure. Uh, my... I, my degrees in public relations, uh, you know, you and I discussed uh, whenever we saw each other in Nashville speaking consulting network meeting, I've never actually worked a day in a dental practice. I've always been the dental journalist. Uh, my master's degrees in journalism, my uh, bachelor's degrees in public relations. And I was working for a small college sports organization called the NAIA. And I was their director of public relations. Uh, my daughter, uh, this was in 1999. My, my daughter was one month old and I got the note that the NAI was going to move from my hometown of Tulsa, Oklahoma to Kansas City. They wanted me to come along with them, but I knew darn good and well that my parents would uh, find some way to torture me for the rest of my life should I move their only granddaughter away from them. So I said goodbye to the NAI, and uh, luckily there was a magazine called Dental Economics that needed a managing editor. And I applied there. I uh, was very blessed to get that job. And I did not realize how much my life would change uh, from that day moving forward. So uh, I, while I was learning dentistry, while I was watching, you know, from the back of practices, learning how everybody did the dance uh, every day in the dental practice, I was still keeping my foot into sports. Uh, I was covering uh, baseball, football uh, for everything from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution to the Associated Press. And then uh, when I met the uh, love of my life, uh, my second marriage uh, in 2013, and we decided to move to Colorado in 2014, I was lucky enough to hook on with the Colorado Rockies while still serving as the uh, uh, editor-in-chief for uh, Dental Products Report. So it, I, I've been able to mesh these two worlds together. So by day, I'm a, a dental assistant advocate now, and by night, I'm a, a beat writer for the Rockies and whatever team's coming to town to play them. Oh my gosh, that sounds like it could be so many people's dream job <laughs> to have all that going on. So many folks, uh, that's such a great crossover. And, uh, you know, you you mentioned a couple of those, but you, you've been with so many great um, publications too. I mean, you really got a great background. 
Thank you. I've been very lucky, you know, and, and the, the cool part about what I've done is that I came in right as the dot-coms, the, you know, all the website stuff was really kicking into high gear. So I was lucky enough to be one of the people to kind of build dentistry IQ uh, now, which is just going and blowing, which I love to see. And then when I went to Dental Products Report, it was re revamping their network of publications. And of course, Dr. Bicuspid never had a print publication. It was all electronic and online. So it's been a fascinating uh, ride through journalism for me just in my 20 plus years doing this on the dental space. Yeah, well, on behalf of our listeners, I mean, I'll thank you because I read all that stuff. I mean, it's great stuff, great information. We rely on that kind of stuff. Um, so let me ask you a question as an editor. So we have a lot of listeners that, um, you know, are interested maybe in, in writing an article or getting published or, you know, getting some stuff out there as an editor, what do you look for? What, what do you actually look for? I, I'm a big, uh, I've always been a big believer in relationships. And so I think if any of your listeners are interested in writing something, uh, I always encourage my readers to send me an email or pick up the phone and call me and say, what are you looking for? What do you need? Uh, you know, these are my specialties. These are the things that I'm most passionate about. I love to talk to people about that and see, okay, if your passion is oral surgery, you know, do we have something coming up where you could be a fit for that? You know, whether it's an online publication, whether it's a print publication. So I, I'm a big believer in not just surprising somebody with a, a manuscript and saying, ta-da, here it is. But I think to really ask the editor what they're looking for, the length that they're looking for, the deadline, uh, you know, and give and and again, tell me two or three things that you're very passionate about that you feel comfortable writing about. Uh, and, and that's where the conversation always began for me as an editor and then moved on to the actual publication. So do you think it's a good idea to pick up the phone and call or is an email first followed by a call? How, how do you break through that? You know, I... And this is me. So all the other editors out there may be shaking their heads whenever I say this, but I'm I'm a person and I believe if you send me an email, I worst case, I respond to it back to you within 48 hours. So I, I'm a big believer in keeping those lines of communication open. And so I always believed, send me an email first, introduce yourself, tell me those passions, tell me a little bit about yourself, whatever it might be, you know, and then let's start the conversation on there. And then absolutely, we'll set up a Zoom, we'll set up a phone call where, you know, we'll get to know each other a little bit on the phone. And then you'll know that what I'm expecting and I'll know what you can provide. Great advice. And, and what's the sweet spot in terms of sort of length, if you would? So here's a little tip. Uh, Google will not index an article if it is shorter than 300 words. So if you are publishing something in a blog, you're publishing something on your office's website, whatever it might be, if it's not 300 words, Google is not going to go in there and send its little spiders in to see what you're writing about, and it'll never show up in search engines. So 300 is the bare minimum. Uh, you know, back in my days at Dental Economics, whenever we were laying out the print pages, I will tell you, 2,000 words would always be three print publication pages. Of course, we've changed now to where online is so important. And I used to say 1,000 words were what I was looking for online. Now it's more 700, 750, just because, you know, let's face it, all of our attention spans have gotten a little bit shorter. So long way of answering your question, I think between 300 and 700 words is really a good place to land. So now as a writer, um, do you find it important for the person creating that piece to be within that window or can you send something in and let the editor like do their thing? 
Oh, absolutely. And and again, I think that's where the communication comes in, because if if I'm expecting you to send me 500 words and you send me 2000, well, we've got a problem. So we need to you know talk about that ahead of time. So I think that's where part of that first conversation of how much I'm expecting, how much you're willing to write, because again, this is time out of your schedule to take the time to do this. So I want to make sure that it's worth your time to actually submit this article and that you don't look back at it as a bad experience, but you look at it as something that was worth that time. Yeah. How about, how about, uh, how about the biggest mistakes? What are some of the biggest mistakes somebody can make? You know, you know, we're always, what taught, shouldn't we do? <laughs> we're always taught about assumptions, right? So I, I, I really am a believer in let's make sure that we're both on the same page before we ever even start a project. That way there's no surprises on either of our parts. The biggest mistake I will tell you as a writer, actually it's twofold. Number one is plagiarism, uh, cutting and pasting from another article and sending it to me. I've had that happen. I had a cease and desist from Time Life uh, because a, an, art, an author literally cut and pasted an article from Money Magazine and submitted it to Dental Economics. That's a problem. And the other thing I would say is if you're going to submit something to a Dental Economics, a Dentistry Today, whatever it might be, only submit it to that publication. Don't send blanket emails out to five different editors with the same article because if two of us use that article, it's going to be a problem and it's going to hurt SEM. That's great advice. And what about, I remember you also once told me that don't recycle your own articles yes. in future articles. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm a big believer that every article can be updated, especially in the world where we are today, uh, where it's, things get out of date so quickly. Certainly, I think you can take pieces of your previous article, but always make sure you're providing the latest content. And it's also something that if, uh, Dr. Schmidt, if you were to submit an article to me for dental economics and then put it on your own blog, well, that's a problem as well, because then it's it's ending up in the same place twice, and Google will note that as well. So I'm a big believer in working with an author to say, you know, if you want to put the first paragraph or so up on your page and then say, click to read the rest of Dental Economics here, doing something like that, where then it gives you that little boost of credibility as well. Because if you work this hard to get an article published, then you should reap the rewards even on your own website. And the uh, when once you turn those articles in, they're not your property anymore. Is that correct? <laughs> you, you listen to me. I'm impressed. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. That is exactly right. And that's a that's a big uh, uh, fallacy out there. Is that whenever you submit an article to me and I accept it, then there should be some kind of author agreement that goes back and forth between us. And the fine print in there usually will say that article is now my property or the magazine's property. So you're actually signing it over to me. So again, if you put it up on your own site, even though it's your words, you did it, I'm still going to send you a nice little note and say, hey, uh, by the way, uh, you need to take that down or you need to shorten it because it's technically living on our site and that's where we want the traffic. Yeah, that's great advice. And you know, thanks for that. Appreciate that. Because of course, we at AGD are always looking, Kristen Gover, our communications director, is always looking for articles and content and stuff like that. And I'm sure she's going to appreciate those great words uh, of wisdom for the budding uh, for the budding writers out there. You know, it, it's always fun to try to get content. So God bless anyone that's uh, that's in that content game. Uh, so keep it up, Kristen. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, in the digital world that we live in, and uh, you know, I don't really have a lot of experience in this, but in that digital world that we live in, it's got to be tough. I mean, there's so much going on. It's and it's so in real time. Uh, yeah, you know, flashback to the pandemic whenever we knew everything was really breaking. Uh, you know, I was actually at spring training with the Rockies, uh, March of 2020, whenever the world kind of shut down and flew back home 
uh, but at the same time, we were at Dr. Bicuspid trying to figure out what messaging did we need to get out there to professionals, you know, and, and not guesses, but actual real information that was factual. And so it, so it was a, a fascinating time. And it was also something that everybody was trying to find the information. So I remember, you know, we couldn't put something up fast enough that it wouldn't be just, uh, you know, ingested by the readers. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I mean, you know, thank you for that. We really appreciate that. That about obviously was a trying time for everybody, and Absolutely. we were all hungry for information. Everybody was trying to get everything that they possibly could. But uh, so, really, thanks. That's great advice. Really good stuff. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk about your podcast, but before we do that, you know, in your bio, you said you're a certified DISC trainer. Tell me a little bit about that. So, DISC is a personality program that basically DISC stands for Dominant Influence steadiness, conscientiousness. And what researchers tell us is that we as individuals fall into one of those four categories as our main category. And so I love to go in and work with dental practices so that they discover not only their own personality traits and the things that make them a little different than everybody else, but they also learn about the other people in their practice. You know, I think we've all met somebody and go, why, why do they act like that? Why do they talk like that? Why are they so passionate about this? And that's where DISC really dives in. And so we do a lot of personality testing uh, that goes along with it. And the practices that I've worked with, they find it very fascinating because it never fails. And somebody goes, oh, that's why you said it that way or something along that line. And I've also found, you know, my wife and I are in the complete opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to these personalities. And it's helped me so much in my marriage as well, because there are times that one of us will say something or do something. And, and we both kind of take that breath and go, okay, that's who they are. And it's okay. You know, so so it's really helped in that respect also. So that's really great advice because it translates not only to business, but also to personal relationships. So is that something that you do as sort of, um, uh, do, do you do that Zoom? Do you go and do that in the field? Do you do workshops? Do you speak about that? All, all of the above, to be honest with you. I I, uh, I will do it uh, remotely with Praxis. I'll also go into Praxis, uh, set up, uh, you know, little learning exercises, games, things like that, so that they can really see the difference in each other and how that translates to how they work together in the practice. Uh, and then that has become one of my my biggest uh, talks, actually, is harnessing the power of personalities. And, and I find that everybody from dentist to team members really uh, it's it's very eye-opening whenever we kind of open ourselves up to the fact that we're all different and that's okay too. Yeah. And uh, I had the good fortune of not only meeting you, but listening to one of your workshops at Speaking Consulting Network Summit. And uh, boy, you did a fantastic job. You were you were very engaging with the audience and uh, it was really good stuff. I really enjoyed it. And, and as you said, I, I did listen. <laughs> you did. And I appreciate that. I, I heard no snoring. So, hey, that's a positive in my book right there. That's always... That's <laughs> always good stuff. So also, as we mentioned, you know, you've got a great podcast out there, Dental Assistant Nation. Yeah. And it's really a wonderful resource, I think, for our staff. Tell me a little bit about that. You know, dental assistants have been my passion uh, really since my days at Dental Economics. There was a day that I was uh, working there and I realized that we had Dental Economics magazine and we had RDH magazine, which are sister publications, but there was really nothing out there for the assistants whenever it came to publications. So way back when this was almost an unheard of thing, I started an e-newsletter uh, for dental assistants called Dental Assisting Digest and did that for the next nine years of my life and loved every minute of it. Uh, and and during that time, one of the things that I found is that assistants really kind of need information that's not geared toward the entire team. It's, that's valuable, don't get me wrong. But they also need things that are very much directed toward them. 
So as media continued to evolve and, and as the needs of dental assistants continue to evolve as well, we started Dental Assistant Nation podcast. Uh, it's something I do weekly. Uh, it's on Apple, Spotify, Google, all the podcast channels. Uh, we have done this. This is uh, we're coming up on our 290th episode. Uh, so I think we've done it six years now, I believe uh, we're we're coming up on that. So so every week, uh, you know, 15 minutes or less, uh, I bring on a guest. As you mentioned earlier, I was really honored that you would come on and talk about uh, dental implants and implant education for the assistant. So I, I love to bring in people who not only have a passion for what they teach, but a passion for assistance as well. And so that's kind of our sweet spot with the Dental Assistant Nation podcast. Yeah, and that's and like I said before, that's really a it's a really a fantastic resource because you know as a dentist, you know all dentists want their team to be the very best that they can be, and a lot of times, um, you know, there's 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 a little bit of a deficiency in terms of what's available, and and even I've had many assistants come up and ask me, hey, where can I go, you know, to get better education and so on and so forth, and I think, you know, your podcast, Dental Assistant Nation, is a good starting point for that. I know you talk a lot a lot about good stuff there. A lot of good stuff on there. And and I love to bring people on, you know, because my guests always have somewhere that the assistant can go to learn more. And 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 everybody that I bring on, the one thing I really love about this industry, and I fell in love with it so long ago, was that people are willing to help other people. People are willing to share their knowledge with others. And that's what I love about this podcast is that every guest who comes on is more than willing to share an email, more than willing to share some link where assistants can go and learn more, where they can really dive deeper into the subject than we've maybe just touched the surface on. And, and so I, I love that spirit of abundance uh, that comes with our podcast as well, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, we talked a little bit about the guests coming on. So, you know, just between you and I, if you would, tell, tell me what you're hearing from the assistants. What are they, what are they looking for? What do they want? You know, the biggest thing that assistants want right now um, is, is really, they need to know that they matter. And, and I know that that may sound very cliche and it may sound very top level, but stick with me for a minute, because what we have seen, you know, in our industry is obviously the, the hiring shortage. We have seen uh, so many assistants during the pandemic leave the industry. Of course, there were hygienists who left the industry, front office, every, every, a lot of people did. But what I'm hearing so much from assistants right now in these post-pandemic days, and as our, we still try to figure out the working relationships and how we're going to cover things, maybe a little bit short-staffed, is the fact that they need to know the plan. They need to know where they fit in. They need to know what the goals are for the coming year and how they fit into that. So that's one thing that I always encourage my assistants to do, and, and I would certainly encourage uh, anybody listening to this podcast is... You know, if you could set up twice a year where you talk to your assistants just about how things are going, what are your goals? How can we work on that together? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? You know, a time when when it's really, you know, it's not an exit interview, but it's a stay interview. And it's really something that people understand that you're investing in them and them not only getting better as an assistant, but them getting better as a bigger part of your practice and its future. And I think that that's a really key thing for assistants to know today is that they're heard and they matter and that there's a plan in place. And there's support for them. Now, do you do, do you do that each assistant singly? You do it as a group also, you know, team building, if you would. Absolutely. I think that there's room for both, honestly. But I, I think as far as those twice a year meetings, I think individually is really important because every assistant will come to you with a different skill set will come to you with a different personality, a different background, different levels at their career where they may currently be. 
And so I would highly advise, you know, certainly I think there's time when you can talk to the entire team, get everybody on the same page. But I think that you have to set aside some individual time in there at least twice a year to make sure everybody knows that they get that one-on-one -on -one time. And, and again, that they're being heard. Yeah. And staffing, that that's great advice. And, uh, you know, we always want to be supportive of our staff and do everything that we can, not, you know, not only to make, uh, you make their, um, job as meaningful and pleasant and you know, acceptable into the team as possible, but also give, to give them some opportunities. Um, and staffing shortage is such a big problem now nationwide. I mean, any, any input on that? Well, you know, I, I, I wish I had good news, but I really don't, uh, you know, there, there's an ADA workforce study out there and I want to make sure I get this right before I say it, uh, that from this ADA workforce survey, one third of dental assistants are expected to retire in the next five years or less, you know, so we're already short staffed. It's going to get worse. And, and that's where I think is going to be so valuable for the dentists, the office managers, you know, the hiring managers, those people who are really in charge and really can help mold the future of the assistants to get on that same page. Because I, I think the worst feeling that's out there is thinking that you don't, you don't, nobody's listening to you and that you're just kind of floating out there on your own, doing your own thing. So I think it's really important knowing what's coming to make sure that you do all the work now to really fortify that culture in your practice, to really make sure that your team members understand this is the place where you want to stay so that they're not lured away, so that they're not poached. You know, that's a word that I hear so often out there. And I think that it's really important to do that now before all of a sudden this, this next tidal wave starts to hit in the next five years. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. So if folks had some questions or their staff had questions about, you know, yeah. any of the stuff that we talked about, I'm sure we could direct them to you. Please, to, I'd to, love that. To, to do that as a great resource. And how would someone get a hold of you if they wanted to? Well, uh, absolutely. My email is very simple. It's Kevin at kevinspeaksdental.com. It's a real easy way to reach me. I'm certainly glad to always uh, answer back. Like I said, I'm uh, ask my wife, I'm an over communicator. So you'll get an answer back within 48 hours. I promise you that. Uh, and then again, I think just going back through some of the archives that we have at the Dental Assistant Nation podcast series, you can get that anywhere the podcasts are available. Go back through. We've talked about everything from implants to oral cancer to the hiring shortage. Uh, you know, there, there's rarely a subject that we haven't already touched on. Of course, we, we always want to bring in new guests and update, but I think that's a good place to start. And, and I'm always happy to either talk to an assistant or talk to a dentist because I know uh, dentists who are listening, this is not for many of you, it may not be a strength. It may not be a comfort level thing. Uh, so trust me, I've seen your side of things as well through all those years of dental economics and beyond. So I'm happy to talk to anybody and, and kind of help you understand what I'm seeing and what I think is coming down the road. Yeah. And I'm sure if, I'm sure you would be willing to have, uh, if someone had a uh, suggestion for a guest or a topic, they oh. can also reach out to you, send that out. Absolutely. And and again, I'd be happy, you know, uh, anything writing wise, I do writing workshops, you know, I writing, writing and assisting are the two passions of mine when it comes to dentistry, because I'm, I'm a big believer that both are so key to the future of our industry. So absolutely, Kevin at KevinSpeaksDental.com, please reach out to me, I would love to hear from you. And, and would love to do what I can to help you. Perfect. So we're almost out of time, but you brought writing back up. So let me just let me circle back and let's talk about that one more minute. Sure. So what about what about the, uh, the uh, the person out there that has some great ideas wants to put their pen to paper but just thinks i'm a terrible writer what what do you what can they do uh number one don't use chat gbt 
Uh, I will say that because that's something that, you know, we we hear so much in our industry right now is about did somebody really write this or did a computer write it? And that and that's a whole other topic for a whole other time. I, I think the biggest thing, if you are uncomfortable with writing, uh, it's something that I I love to help people through that. There's a real easy process where you kind of break things down into little bite-sized chunks. And before you know it, you you've built an article. Uh, and I will tease just this, that uh, we as human beings are wired in our mind. If you think about standing in the grocery checkout line or, you know, where Target, wherever it might be, if you look at the magazines that are there, you'll often see numbers on there. You'll see three, five, seven, you know, seven ways, five things. Our minds are automatically geared to say, oh my gosh, I'll learn five things if I read this article. We don't even know that we're doing it, but subliminally we are. We're drawn to odd numbers and we're drawn to things that we think we can learn in a very short amount of time. So that's one of the tips that I always love to pass on to my writers is break it down into three things, five ways, whatever it might be, and try to build it out from there. And again, I'm happy to help with that. That's something I love to do. If you want to reach out to me, I'll, I'll uh, give you a little bit more information. Makes perfect sense. That's why I see all those magazine headlines. <laughs> exactly. Not yeah. National Enquirer ones. We're not talking those. So, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know what, Kevin, we're out of time and I really can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing some, uh, some information with us uh, about the writing world, about dental assistant, about dental assistant nation, all the great things you're doing to support our organization and our auxiliaries and, and all the contributions you've made to, uh, to the periodicals that we read over the years. Thank you. Hey, my honor to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, and also, I would like to thank our producer, Kristen Gover, AGD Communications Director. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our channel. You can always find us on the AGD app, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or suggestions, please contact us at news at AGD.org. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.